Opera, A Good Omens Podfic, written by Angel Snuffbox and Apple Seeds, and read by Literarian as Aziraphale, Crowley, and Madame Tracy. And Job as Narrator. Chapter 2 Corpse. Not doing anything demanding. He can't be serious. Aziraphale responded with a scowl, but Crowley apparently didn't take it seriously, his smirk transforming into a grin. You're doing fine. Ready for the next one? Aziraphale's eyes narrowed even more. Fine, he muttered between gritted teeth. Crowley tilted his head and pouted sympathetically. Are you okay with lying on your side, with your injury? I'm tempted to say no. Crowley laughed openly. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy working with you. You really do enjoy inflicting pain, don't you? Aziraphale glowered, relieved that this conversation was delaying Crowley from instructing him to move into another posture. He made a mental note to somehow make Tracy pay for this. Crowley held up his palm in a gesture of innocence. Of course not, although I will push you to achieve what I know you're capable of. I just like you. You make me laugh. This is fun. Oh, yes, fun for you. Maybe I don't want to be pushed into doing the happy baby. Maybe I'm already happy as I am. But you said... I know what I said. That was before I knew how much it would hurt. Crowley simply laughed again. <laughs> you're a demon. And I suppose you're a poor, innocent angel. I actually thought about that, you know, when I saw your name on the email. You're named after an angel, aren't you? The pain in Aziraphale's thighs was gradually subsiding, and his breathing was just starting to slide back to its normal pace. He just needed to delay Crowley for a few moments more. Yes, I am. Actually, it's an interesting story. See, Aziraphale was the angel who... Oh, I know what you're doing. Crowley interjected, slamming his palms down on his mat and leaning closer. You're trying to distract me. Aziraphale pursed his lips and looked away, sheepishly. Nice try. On your side, angel. Don't you want to know? I'll Google it. On your side. Come on. Which side? Pick one. We'll be doing both. Aziraphale was slightly tempted to roll onto his side facing away from Crowley, but that clearly wasn't what Crowley wanted him to do, and he had always struggled with being disobedient. That's it. Stretch your legs out straight and come up onto your hip. Crowley stretched out on his mat, and Aziraphale did his best to mirror his posture. Crowley instructed him to bend the leg that was in contact with the mat, and then talked him through a further series of painful exercises, including rapidly straightening and then bending his top leg, which left his thigh burning again.
Good, well done. Now stretch your leg out straight again and raise and lower it slowly. Breathe in as you raise, breathe out as you lower. Crowley demonstrated this, which was extraordinarily distracting, but it didn't look too difficult. Of course, Crowley had made everything look easy so far. Aziraphale copied him, keeping his leg out straight and raising and lowering it as instructed. Oh, this isn't so bad, he said with a smile. Hmm. Crowley scrutinized him, then shuffled closer to place his hand on the back of Aziraphale's thigh, pulling him into a straighter position. That's because you're cheating. Aziraphale was grateful his leg was already tense, and hopefully Crowley wouldn't notice the way every other muscle in his body joined it when he put his hand on his thigh. He didn't even remove it. He just held it there, like it wasn't anything worth paying attention to, holding Aziraphale in place to stop him from tripping backwards. Aziraphale's skin tingled beneath Crowley's gentle touch, and although his whole body was flushed with heat, it burned most intensely right at the base of his abdomen. You're doing so well. That's evidently not true. It is. For your first time, you're doing really well, I promise. Okay, same again now. Other side. Aziraphale rolled away from Crowley and repeated everything he'd just done, feeling a bit self-conscious about having his bottom pointing towards him. It occurred to him much too late that if he'd moved his head to the other end of the mat, he could have done this side facing Crowley as well. He made sure not to let his legs settle back on the mat, lest Crowley might feel the need to hold his thigh in place again. Perfect, you've got it, well done. Okay, you can sit up now. Aziraphale pushed his palms into the mat and scrambled up into a sitting position, scowling at Crowley and rubbing his thighs. Crowley tucked his hair free from his hair tie, running his hands through the wavy crimson lengths a few times before sweeping it all back up again and fixing the black band back into place. Aziraphale's lips parted, and he watched him with wide eyes. All right, so he wasn't just handsome. Crowley was breathtakingly gorgeous. Aziraphale's heart, already enlivened by the exertion, fluttered beneath his sternum. So this time, spread your legs wide. Crowley once again demonstrated this, adding further to Aziraphale's inner turmoil. Why did he have to be wearing such ridiculously tight leggings? Then fold forward, keeping your back straight. Crowley's body bent in half at the middle, as he reached out to touch the toes of his right foot, his chest pressed flat against the top of his thighs. Aziraphale squinted, not quite able to work out what he was seeing. What the... how are you doing that? 
I swear you're like that snake on your arm you are. You haven't got any bones. <laughs> Snakes are vertebrates. They have bones. Well, you're certainly not human. I'll take that as a compliment. Come on, give it a try. Make sure to keep your back straight. Azimafir stretched his legs out in front of him and parted them, but Crony picked up his foot and moved it closer towards him. Further apart than that, he chastised, maintaining his hold on Azimafir's foot to keep his legs spread apart. Crowley looked encouragingly back at him from by his feet, leaving Aziraphale feeling self-conscious about having his legs spread wide, and glad that at least he had decided to wear something loose-fitting. Aziraphale rolled back his shoulders to straighten his back, and attempted to bend from his stomach like Crowley had. He felt the intense stretch immediately and couldn't go any further, although he was well aware that he was still forming something resembling a right angle, rather than the ridiculously impossible acute angle Crowley had achieved. He's certainly cute from this angle. Oh no, that's completely ridiculous. The pain must be starting to affect my mind. Come on, Angel, Crowley coaxed softly. When Crowley had caught him that before, it had seemed teasing, but now it sounded more like an endearment, and Josiaphil's stomach flopped over a few times like a suffocating fish. I'm doing it, I promise. Where can you feel the stretch? Josiaphil cupped his hand under his thigh just below his groin, regretting it when he realized he had succeeded in drawing Crowley's gaze to that area. Crowley nodded, thankfully seeming satisfied. Okay, fair enough. We'll work up to that one. You can relax now. Lie back down, on your stomach this time. Crowley talked him through and demonstrated a further series of impossible postures, Aziraphale's grumbling seeming only to serve to make him laugh and become more determined to help Aziraphale to successfully adopt each position. Aziraphale started to find that he didn't mind it, relishing the way Crowley's face lit up and the corners of his eyes crinkled when he laughed. Aziraphale was resting quite comfortably on his stomach, head turned and cheek cushioned on the back of his hands, in a position that Crowley had described as a half-rock posture. It didn't last long. Soon Crowley's hands were on him again, gently taking hold of his knee and pushing it up closer towards his elbow, generating another intense stretch in his thigh. I think you're trying to tell me that if it doesn't hurt, I must be doing something wrong. If you can't feel the stretch, you're not making progress. Didn't you say this was about relaxation as well? Nice try, Angel. It gets easier with practice, and I promise you'll find the last part relaxing. How's your leg feeling? Like it's going to drop off. I meant your injury. 
well, not too bad, I suppose. Shall we try one posture off the ground, then? Do I have a choice? You're never going to let me near you again, are you? Aziraphale's heart flapped up into his throat. Oh dear, have I really been complaining that badly? I don't want him to think he's not doing a good job. It's hardly his fault I'm such a disaster. No, you're very good. I'm so sorry, Crowley. I hope you don't think... Hey, it's okay. I was joking. He said gently, holding up his palm. Anyway, you shouldn't be making any decisions about whether or not you want to do this again until tomorrow. Tomorrow? What happens tomorrow? Crowley grins slyly. You'll see when you wake up. Right, let's give Tree Pose a try. Up you get. He bounced to his feet in one fluid motion and reached out his hand to help Aziraphale up. Aziraphale stared at it like it was a deadly weapon. Which wasn't too far off, really, if one considered the pain it's capable of inflicting. But took it and felt his lips tugging into a smile as Crowley pulled him to his feet. Nice and easy to start with. Just stand with your feet together and bring your hands up in front of you, pressed together like you're praying. Crowley stood facing him on the mat, and Aziraphale focused on Crowley's hands rather than his eyes. Then bring your foot up like this. It's to strengthen your core and improve balance. Crowley lifted his foot up so that the sole was pressing against his thigh, right below his groin. You don't really expect me to be able to do that, do you? Not yet, but if you stick with it, you'll be able to one day. I highly doubt that. Well, for now... Just bend your knee and lift your foot a little way off the ground. Just see how high you can get it. Maybe just hold it against your calf. Aziraphale managed to lift his foot to just below his knee, pressing it to his leg to form vaguely the same shape as Crowley. Vaguely being the operative word. But he soon wobbled and his foot slipped. Crowley reached out and caught him before he could fall over. Whoa, it's okay, I've got you, I've got you. Aziraphale sucked in a breath as soon as Crowley's hands landed on his hips. He felt like he was on fire, and the tension in his abdomen was now more like an extremely tightly coiled spring. You all right? Crowley asked softly, his hands flexing slightly against Aziraphale's hips, making his heart race even faster. Aziraphale's cheeks were absolutely burning, and his breathing had shifted to something more frantic than he suspected Crowley would deduce to be a reasonable consequence of practicing yoga. Thinking quickly, or perhaps not thinking at all, Aziraphale hunched over and pressed his palm to his injured leg. Oh, shit, is it your leg? Aziraphale nodded. 
I'll just sit down for a minute. Okay, this is bad. I shouldn't lie to him about this. I'm so sorry, Aziraphale. From the other exercises you've managed, I was sure you'd be able to do this one. I'm so sorry. A heavy ache built on Aziraphale's chest. Oh, no, no, it's not your fault at all. I lost my balance and landed a bit funny. I'm fine. It's fine. Are you sure? Stretching is fine, but you need to tell me if something actually hurts. You haven't been pushing through it, have you? No, of course not. Really, my dear, I realize you haven't known me for long, but does that sound like something I would do? Broly managed a wry smile. <laughs> no, not really. You're sure you're okay? Tip-top. Absolutely tickety-boo. Tickety-boo? Quite. I'm giving you a rare opportunity here. You can rest for a while, if you need to. Oh, no, that's fine. Aziraphale dismissed, which he then feared was actually out of character and incredibly suspicious. Okay, but let's get back on the floor. Aziraphale nodded and settled himself back onto the mat, lying back despite not being instructed to do so, and closing his eyes for a moment. He began to regret not taking the opportunity to rest when he opened his eyes and caught the devious smile on Crowley's face. Oh, good lord! After a series of straining poses that Aziraphale had not been entirely certain he would survive, Crowley led him through some more relaxing positions as a way of cooling down. Aziraphale had been instructed to take long, deep breaths all throughout, and had been just about to regain the regularity of his breathing, when all of a sudden, Crowley sat up on the mat. His long finger stuck into the space above his hair tie, and tucked down until the bunched hair was sitting precariously atop his nape. This caused a few loose strands to break away from the restraint, falling like delicate lace curtains over the side of his angular jaw. Crowley flashed him a sideways grin, and Aziraphale cursed inwardly as his ribs twitched back into his lungs. I just worked so hard to get my breathing back to normal. Now I want you to lie on your back for me, Crowley said, and Aziraphale began to follow suit. The side of his neck was starting to get a crick from all the times he'd tried to look sideways to mimic Crowley's position on the mat. Relax. Let all the tension out of your body. Close your eyes if it helps. Aziraphale did so, keeping his arms to his sides. Now what? <laughs> you don't have to be so tense. Spread yourself out a little. His voice came, slow and rumbling, with an utterly hypnotic quality. Aziraphale let his arms fall by his sides and listened to the sound of Crowley's breathing. I feel like a starfish. From her side, 
he heard an unexpectedly loud chortle. Cracking open one eye, Aziraphale glanced at him. What's next? Just this, Aziraphale. It's a resting pose. Focus on relieving all the tension in your body. It's called the corpse pose. Achoo! Aziraphale let out a sudden sneeze that had the top half of his spine lifting off the mat. Panicking, he glanced at Crowley. I'm sorry. It's okay. Just resume the position and try again. Aziraphale complied, lying back down again. He softened his gaze, his eyelids fluttering open halfway before sliding back shut again. The pull of gravity on his body made the previously uncomfortable mat feel like a luxury mattress, and he could feel himself beginning to nod off. This has to be my favorite one. His mind was slowly drifting away. Careful you don't fall asleep, though, Crowley said quickly, his voice still low as they lay side by side. If the bookshop ceiling were a night sky instead, Aziraphale could almost pretend that they were out stargazing. You need to stay alert to will away the tension in your body and in your mind. With his eyes still closed, Aziraphale raised a brow. That's a tad misleading. Corpses do not stay alert. He heard a loud huff of breath coming from Crowley as he continued to speak. I would be very alarmed if they do, in fact. This isn't helping you to relax your mind, Aziraphale. Then perhaps they should have called it the zombie pose instead, said Aziraphale, shrugging into a comfier position on a thin foam. The following morning, Aziraphale awoke to a heavy sensation sinking his limbs into the mattress. The usually bright and fussy morning person drifted his eyes half open, only to squint them back shut, turning his face to the pillow and nosing it deeply. He had been having a pleasant dream, one that involved warm cuddles on a foamy surface but it quickly got away from him. He would very much like to return to that dream, but sadly it wouldn't do. He still had the bookshop to run. With a deep groan, he extricated a hand from within his blanket and carefully kicked the sheets away from himself. His body moved sluggishly through the motions, as though he were paddling in something like oil or jelly, which didn't seem like how human bodies should be working at all. Like a marionette with strings around his thighs and elbows that were attempting to pull him straight through the mattress and onto the cold floor. I thought yoga was supposed to help me. Begrudgingly, Aziraphale got out of bed, while making a conscious effort to get his limbs to function. Each slight movement dragged on his muscles, mostly in his thighs, 
and a little bit on his arms. When he pushed himself to a standing position, a hollowness flared in his abdomen, and he instinctively clutched at his stomach, gasping for breath. Had someone punched him in his sleep? He managed to walk across the room and caught a glimpse of his current state in the mirror. So this is why he called it the corpse pose. With a determined scowl, he pointed a finger at himself in the mirror. You are never doing yoga again. But won't that mean you won't get to see Crowley again? Replied his mirror image. Let him burn for all I care. After what he did to me, I definitely do not like him anymore. So you do like him. Oh, shut up! He turned away from the mirror, walking briskly to try to stretch his scorching thighs. I am never doing yoga again. This was the mantra he kept repeating to himself throughout the day, as he opened up his bookshop and went about his work as best as he could. He mostly stuck to his chair, lethargic, feeling as though every slight effort could break his frail form. The soreness was all over his body and would not go away. He supposed he ought to stretch some more, but even that seemed like too great an effort. Never again! He huffed as he went up on a stool to retrieve some first editions from the top shelf. His stomach and arms were quick to make their protest. When he closed shop for the day, he opened up his computer to do some inventory. There was an open tab from when he'd sent Crowley his email, and it seemed to glare tauntingly at him. He glared fiercely back. No, never! Even if he would never get to see Crowley's gleaming red hair, or hear his beautiful voice ever again. He wouldn't go for another session. Not even if Crowley showed up at his door in those skin-tight leggings with that adorable jute bag, flashing a Xerophil one of those disarmingly fond smiles of his. Not even then. But Crowley did say that I would feel better if I did a little more stretching. He considered it for a moment, but that did not last long. That night he assumed the corpse pose in his bed and went straight to sleep, out of spite. When he woke up the next day, it was to surprisingly invigorated spirits. He got out of bed, expecting to wrestle through an imaginary tank of jelly again. Instead, he found that the burn had faded into a more tolerable state. In fact, though his body was still sore in some places, he felt unexpectedly light. His muscles weren't fighting anything anymore. They had been trialed and had come out victorious. He stood on his feet and took a deep breath as he stretched out his arms and his back. How? Oh. That was utterly euphoric.
He went about his daily tasks, waiting for the other shoe to drop, to suddenly be bombarded with pain again, or to find himself writhing on the ground and unable to move. Nothing of the sort happened. The only thing that was different from his usual was that he moved with even greater fluidity and there was a slight bounce in his step. His mind was also very clear and able to focus easily on different tasks. Over his lunch break, he was forced to admit defeat. He opened up his email to shoot Crowley another message. While waiting for the page to load, he peered out of the shop windows and saw a faint marriage of himself on the surface, staring at him. He glared right back. Oh, don't look at me like that. To be continued in Chapter 3